It is the 200 level, Mike Carpenter, the basement studio for the second half of the Illinois Colgate game, and right now it is underway, 1940 to go, 44 to 27 Illinois lead, and an impressive first half in a game that, by many accounts, could be the proverbial letdown or the no-show game before Missouri. Now, there were moments where Colgate would, you know, pop out to a little 5 6 nothing run, but when Illinois built up such an early advantage, it didn't really matter. And also, when you have Terrence Shannon Jr. and the other team doesn't, you already have a leg up. Illinois has used that to their advantage today. Terrence Shannon has been off the charts good, and really this is the entire season how good he's been. T- Tennessee was the off game, and he still dropped 20 points for you when all was said and done. That's the floor for what he can do, and today we're seeing the ceiling. So what we're going to talk about today is a little bit of play-by-play, and hopefully we don't need to get too nitty-gritty with it as Colgate offensive foul on them. It'll go back to Illinois. No one scored yet in the second half. We'll be able to basically make this a regular podcast while the game is on and talk about this game, the rest of the non-conference, which are two other games other than this, Missouri and Fairleigh Dickinson, and that's it. And then you start Big Ten play, and yesterday was a day that reminded you that there's a couple pretty good teams in the Big Ten, but as far as the depth is concerned, not so good, right? And it's such a great opportunity coming up for Illinois in January and February to stack a lot of wins. And outside of Purdue, you really do feel like you probably have the second best team in the conference. Now, Quincy Garrier is going to go to the line here. What we're going to do is mix up the sponsors throughout this podcast. I want to hit all of them real quick at the beginning before we get them individually. But DP Doe, I'm on at dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, go to dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Custom zones with any topping you want or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone online at dpdoe.com. Also, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call at 217-841-4728. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. And finally, Owen Builders, LLC online at owenbuildersllc.com. Everything from home additions to patios and decks. And hey, if the weather's any indication, they can work year-round as it's been a pretty warm December. Uh, but honestly, they can work through adverse stuff as well. They're great. OwenBuildersLLC.com. Champagne Showers Podcast Network as well. So here we are in the basement, and this is somewhat low-key, not a high-octane second-half podcast like Tennessee or Florida Atlantic, and part of that is your opponent. But as I mentioned at the very start of this podcast, this game did have all the ingredients to where if it was last year's team, you would have felt like, oh, they're going to come out and they're going to sleepwalk. You were not getting that from this Illinois team. A pretty focused performance. Really good on the defensive end. I think Ty Rogers has had his best game of the year. As far as a point guard is concerned, of course he's not your traditional point guard. And I'd love to have a playmaker like Ray J. Dennis, who was really good, while not many others were good for Baylor yesterday in their blowout loss to Michigan State. But Ty Rogers, I want want to focus on him for a second because what we're seeing from him today, rebounding has been off the charts good. We know the defense can be really good for him, but we've seen the ability for him to drive to the lane and then find quick, easy drop-offs for Quincy on one play, I think Dane on another. The finishing around the rim has fallen off a bit for him, but I really do think in terms of being a quote-unquote facilitator, you've gotten today about the best you're going to get from Ty, and I think that that can play a role within the offense, in that starting five. Now, it's Colgate ball with 17.40 to go. This is one of their many big white dudes taking it in, and he gets it over Quincy to make it a 17-point game. 17.30 to go. Here's Coleman on the feed from Damask. Now, for some of the not-so-good, and we will talk plenty about the good, especially Terrence Shannon Jr. 
and they call an offensive foul here on Coleman Hawkins. It's going to be a little bit ugly out there to start this half. Marcus Damask has not been good, again. Just kind of a non-factor. And you can win without him scoring 33. You can. But if you can somehow get him to 12-ish a game, you know, not even 15, but like 12-ish a game, he's in the starting five. He's going to get his opportunities if he wants them. So to see that in the first half from him was a little bit disappointing. But I guess if he's going to be that streaky guy, then maybe that just means he's saving up for Missouri. That's that's the only really silver lining I can think of in what is the second consecutive game where he's not done a lot for you. And I, I don't think he's necessarily a great defender. So if the shots aren't falling, he's just kind of a guy out there. And I don't want to, you know, bring up an old name and try to I'm not trying to roast anybody, but he's basically then becomes Bill Cole. And He's just kind of there. I think that he can be better than that. And I'd like to see some more assertiveness because ever since that 33-point game, I just don't understand why he's not... um, I understand Tennessee, but this would have been a perfect bounce-back game. I would have felt like for him. So three turnovers already for Illinois this half in the first three minutes. Two fouls called on them as well. This is Colgate, one of the big white guys, and it's off. I mean, Colgate pretty messy themselves. I thought that was off Colgate's foot, but we'll see if they keep it or not. Looks like it'll stay down here. But a 17-point lead for Illinois. And I had mentioned Terrence Shannon Jr. at the start, and I was thinking about this and trying not to get hyperbolic about what he can or can't elevate this team towards. When you got a guy like Terrence Shannon Jr., you always have a chance. You always have a chance, and even against good teams. We saw that against Fort Atlantic. You also know that if he'd been a little bit better against Tennessee, you might have had a chance in that one as well before it got a little bit away from you. So with that in mind, and trying to project for the rest of the season and what this team's ceiling is or is not, as Damask almost gets the ball taken away from him with 16.30 to go here. When he's on one like this, that is a kind of player that can get you to the second weekend. And that's really what this season's all about, right? There's no delusions about a Big Ten title. Not the way Purdue's playing. I don't think, at least. But the way he's going, you are certainly vying for second place in the Big Ten. You're vying for, like, the number four seed in the NCAA tournament. Like, if the selection show or the the seedings that came out today, uh, what was it, yesterday, from Bracketology, from Joe Lunardi, who I know isn't always the most accurate compared to other guys, sure enough had Illinois as the fourth four seed. Florida Atlantic was another four seed as well, and that's probably going to stick because they aren't going to lose games. So if you can look at the season as one goal, and that would be second half of the NCAA tournament, the first step in doing that is getting a good seed and getting a good matchup and avoiding having to play a one or two seed, avoiding having to play like a Tennessee in the second round, which right now they'd be on the two line probably based on their resume. And if that's the case then this team has as good a chance since the Io Kofi year to make this second weekend. And and at that point, when you've got a guy like Terrence Shannon Jr., you just take your chances. There are very few games in which you'll say Terrence Shannon Jr. is not the best player on the court. There's Quincy Guerrier with a three. So it's a 51-29 Illinois lead. They've stretched it to 22. And that counts for something. I mean, basketball is one of those games where Football, if you are missing a few pieces, it doesn't matter if you have an All-American like a Johnny Newton. It's just not going to come together. But in basketball, when you have someone like Terrence Shannon who fills so many needs for you, it just takes so much of the onus off of other guys that are effectively role players, but they're pretty good role players. 
Terrence misses this three. It's going to go back the other way here, but still a 22-point lead for Illinois. So that's really all I was thinking about in this first half. You're watching this and seeing Terrence dominate the way that we've seen Terrence dominate before. And Colgate, I know that they were considered, hey, you know, this is a really good team coming in, a good mid-major. They've been the three-time Patriot League champions. They've been in a few NCAA tournaments recently. The spread was 17 and a half, and you're basically playing with that today. I think there's good enough players on Colgate where I'm not looking at this game and thinking that, oh, well, Terrence is just doing this against a bunch of scrubs. And when you see what he's already done against the higher level of competition, and we can date back to last year for that too, this is someone that is at the moment an All-American, and I don't see that changing. So the question is, can the other guys fulfill their roles in an effective enough way to really elevate this team's ceiling? Now, the crucial guys to that would be Coleman Hawkins, who has not had his best game today despite making a couple threes. Quincy Guerrier, who is kind of quietly but consistently filling his role as a rebounder, an occasional three-point bucket. Ty Rogers, I think, again, having the best game that he's had in a while. Swiss Army Knife, everything really except scoring. So that leaves the Damask and Luke Goody as some of the wild cards offensively because this offense is getting theirs today even without those two guys. So you know you got different options. And then a Justin Harmon, who I continue to be impressed with in the minutes that he gives, not just as a guy that can score a bucket or two, but also as someone that can defend and rebound a little bit as well. He just seems to be really active defensively, especially in the passing lanes. So this is, as I said on last week's podcast called it ahead of schedule because I felt like going into this season that this team was going to be good objectively but frustrating because of what they didn't address in the offseason what I did not count on was this early or maybe at all them coalescing in the way that they have and kind of finding an identity that works and perhaps most encouraging of all is it's not just that they found an identity right It's that they are doing it consistently and they aren't getting lazy about it. And if it isn't working on one possession, they're still trying to, you know, take it to the rim on the next one. There's a patience with this team and not forcing the issue so much, knowing what they're good at and and staying the course. Now, it's early in the season, right? We're nine games into it. This is game 10. And there will be valleys, I'm sure, and there will be moments of frustration. And even in that first half, despite the lead, you see these moments from certain individuals and think, oh, God, if only they did this, that, or the other. But collectively, this thing is working far smoother than I thought that it would. And, you know, I was a fan of the offseason acquisitions they did get. I thought Justin Harmon was a good role player. I thought that Damask and Garrier you probably slot them the starting five, and sure enough, that's exactly what you've done, and that you were going to have a smarter and more likable team. That I knew for sure, but I did not count on them offensively finding something this early. And boy, it's been probably a couple weeks since I've watched a game and felt like, man, we just don't have a lot going offensively. Actually, I say that. I guess the Florida Atlantic game, a three from Terrence is no good. Now we're starting to maybe force a few more threes, but you're still up 22. But the Fort Atlanta game, the first four minutes, that was, oh God, our offense is going to have these moments. But then for the other 36, it was fantastic. So those four mo- four minutes at the start of the Fort Atlanta game, that's been the aberration in the last few weeks. 
for the most part, when this team is, needs to get a bucket, they can. And, you know, I, I mentioned that this team is going to be more likable. Objectively, they're more entertaining as well. Last year's team had their moments as Damascus gets stuffed. Last year's team had their moments, especially in the early going, where you thought, wow, like this, this could be something really special. I certainly thought they were going to be. Whoops, miscalculation on that. Not the first or last time that I'll be wrong about a team. But it's the pace with which this team plays. The fact that they are able to go pretty up-tempo, and it seems like they're comfortable in that. And there's not a lot of other Big Ten teams that that go by that. So it's not a team that, you know, earlier this year I would have thought, yeah, well, we can muck it up with the best of them in the Big Ten. I don't think this team's a muck-it-up kind of team. They can be if they need to. But I think that what we're seeing is a team that is more and more trying to impose their will, and they're gaining more confidence in doing so. So when it comes to the Michigan States of the world, the Ohio States of the world, the Wisconsins, the Maryland's, I think this team is going to match up pretty darn well. Purdue, of course, is that outlier. Now, I say all this, and Damas continues to struggle. Got blocked, missed a three, got a foul drawn on him. And there's a weird thing with Damask that, going back to after the four Atlantic game, Brett Underwood talked about, you know, it's just a confidence thing for him. And I'm thinking, what? I thought the whole deal with Damask coming from Southern was that he was a confident guy, a heady basketball player, why Why are we necessarily having to do the head game with him? That is a bit of a surprise. Now, he's on the bench right now getting some tutelage from Tim Anderson, and he takes a seat. He's got six points and four fouls. It's been a frustrating two games for him. You know, talk about ceiling all you want, but as I mentioned earlier, 12 points a game from him, that's that's great, not 33. And if you can do that, then then you got something. But uh, if not, then it really becomes a question of can Justin Harmon get you more or somebody? Because offensively, you do need someone else in the backcourt that can get you some. Now, with 13-10 to go, Dane, who got a lot of take in that first half, gets fouled. And I thought Dane, pretty pretty good for the first half. I'm glad that he's getting some minutes here, and this seems to be a favorable matchup for him. And it's probably just going to be all about matchups for him, but... In order to get him out there, gain some confidence, I think he can play a role. Well, I know he can play a role this season. I think in the Missouri game, he's going to get some minutes as well. And sometimes, if other things aren't going well, he's a guy that can get in easy too. There's value in that. 13 minutes to go. Terrence with the ball. Kind of alone on the right side. They're doubling him up a bit. He finds Ty, who kicks it back out to Justin Harmon, but a sloppy pass and fortunately goes out of bounds off of Colgate. But the possession didn't change. So I think there's only two on the shot clock for Illinois. But actually, they're going to say that that was a steal by Colgate, and then they just couldn't keep it. So they reset the shot clock. Pretty good break for Illinois. 12.54 to go. And this is Luke Goody up top. No, they did not reset it. He shoots a long three. Wasn't a bad effort, but Colgate gets the board. So we've been stuck here at 51.29. What happens sometimes is you get a big lead and you get a little... A little messy. Colgate's offense stinks. Um, I know Illinois' defense has had something to do with that, but there's just not a lot of firepower on this Colgate team. And for some reason, another turnover here. And this is Colgate on the break. Uh, <laughs> block from Terrence, but then Colgate puts it up. But when you look at Colgate's metrics, they play slow. Their offense is not great. I just assume that a team that had been this sort of mid-major darling, that their identity would be making threes, and 
a tricky offense to defend. Not the case. Now, Illinois missed their last five field goals. They are still up 20. Harmon taking it to the rim. No foul called. He drew some contact, but back the other way for Colgate. And they're going to get an easy two. And when you're up 18, do you call a timeout or let them play through? But a little bit of sloppiness here from Illinois. Is this best case scenario going into Missouri, right? Getting a win. Looking good for a big chunk of it, but then you see these messy parts where you can still have a reason to say, that wasn't good enough. I think before the Missouri game, that probably is the best case scenario because for whatever reason, this team and this program have seemed to have problems and a foul here on Colgate. They've seemed to have problems getting up for that game. So let's talk about that. I think it is very important that you beat Missouri. Not just for the season. I mean, I I don't know if that would necessarily be a bad loss, but Missouri has struggled so far. More for the overall vibe surrounding the program and how we feel about it. You know, I have tried to compartmentalize and contextualize that game in an appropriate way, which is, yes, it is a rivalry that has some nostalgia for me, but there are, of course, bigger fish to fry. So the year that Iowa and Kofi got the one seed, that Missouri game back in December was a bit of an afterthought when you had that good of a Big Ten run. You won the Big Ten tournament title. You accomplished some other things. But in the moment, it sucks. The year that you won the Big Ten title, you also beat Missouri. And I think you beat them handily. But last year was an absolute embarrassment against a Missouri team that was fine. You know, they were okay. So as far as what it means to me, and I think what it means to Illinois fans, we don't like Missouri, and they don't like us. And in this basketball rivalry, it is one thing we do have a leg up on. I think historically we've won two games to every one game that they've won in this thing, dating back to 1980. And it is a streaky series, except for recently, where it seems to be going back and forth a little bit more than usual. But there's really been no excuse for about three of Brad Underwood's losses against Missouri. And it's been the fact that they've been lethargic performances as well. Io goes over against Missouri. The second year was an early Saturday morning tip-off. This is the year that there was no NCAA tournament because of COVID. And that was a game where Illinois was favored, I think, by seven or eight points going in. And on an 11 a.m. tip on Saturday, they were as lethargic as they could possibly be. The next year, in Missouri and in Columbia, same sort of thing, where it just it took a late effort from Iowa to kind of bring you back into that game. But again, you just weren't up for it like Missouri was. For some reason, Missouri with... Jeremiah Tillman and Javon Pickett and then Mark Smith. They were the aggressors. It didn't make any sense to me. They were the ones that decommitted from you. So what's the beef? You're, you got greener pastures. You're happier now with Conzo. Got remember him. So why was it that they were the ones playing with a chip on their shoulder? That, that was something that really kind of frustrated me. Now, This coincided often with the late December, early January swoon, and that is kind of a signature Underwood thing. (coughs) Excuse me. But even with that taken into account, it's not as if Missouri's been a top 25 caliber team and they've seemed to have your number. So for the nostalgic reasons and for just the objective you should be better reasons, you got to win Friday. And it would be pretty damn disappointing if they didn't. Because this team, as I look at them in a vacuum, 
does not strike me as a team that would come out flat. They, to their credit, it's probably been the Valparaiso first half since they have come out flat in a game. And they've been remarkably consistent ever since. I mean, effort and focus has not been a huge concern for this Illini team in a way that it was last year. And honestly, even in a way that it was sometimes during the Iowa and Kofi era, where there would be these really weird kind of swoons, even within a game where you thought, where is this team's head at? So this is a game that I think matchup-wise, Illinois has quite the advantage. Size-wise, they have the advantage. And I'd like to think that mentally they do too. I'd like to think that they care more than Missouri this year. We'll find out. You know, I, um, I almost get a feeling we'll know within the first media timeout, did we show up? And to me, that's kind of the first bugaboo to cross is, oh yeah, Illinois did show up today. And if it does look like that, then I think they're going to win and it's not going to be that tense of a game because Missouri doesn't have a whole lot of weapons at the moment. But if we come out sleepwalking, then yeah, guess what? Probably going to be a dogfight. And that would be in what, what is an opportunity in this, or a rare opportunity in this series to lay a beat down on somebody. That would be frustrating. So I wanted to jump ahead to that because as I'm doing this podcast and the play-by-play is not exactly you know, the focus of it, I figured we could kind of use this as this week's podcast. What I am excited for on Friday in this unseasonably warm week that's coming up, other than Monday, Monday will be cold, but then it's warming up. It's going to be a warm Christmas, and I'm okay with that. I think we're going to do a garage tailgate podcast, and it'll be the first ever 200 level in which I can smoke a cigar. So my buddy Andrew will be down. I think Isaac may be available for it as well, and we will be with the heaters on out in the garage watching the game, having a drink, and smoking a cigar. Coleman with a nice finish. Good Lord. 53 to 33 there, right as the shot clock expired. So that's the idea for Friday. And it would feel good, right? Just beating Missouri again, thats that to me is always a nice little upper going into Christmas, and it just gives you a, a good vibe that you get a ride for that next week until whatever the next non-conference game would be. All right, so we're the under 10 mark here. Coleman looking for a foul but does not get it. Illinois up 18, but offensively have just really stunk the last few minutes after I talked about how good they found an identity offensively. They're doing so great. Now they've been a mess here offensively in a lot of turnovers in the lineup right now, though. I, I like it's basically the starting five with Goody instead of Damask and well, you know, watching a game like this and seeing a four minute stretch where offensively you've been way out of whack. I'm interested to see this very old lineup that's on the court right now. And what they do in the next few possessions. One of the last 12 field goals, and you're still up 18. Coleman with another nice take. A little floater in the lane. I like that game from him. And it does seem like that confidence is growing offensively. He's got 12 points today on 5 of 12 shooting. It's pretty good. All right, so here's Colgate again with 9, 10 to go. This is number... I don't know any of their names. I'm not going to try. I'll be honest, against Missouri, I won't either. I'll just be doing numbers in between Pups of Cigar. And a nice finish here from Colgate down low. So they're just basically playing you even here in this half. And this happens sometimes. But again, before Missouri, I don't mind having a little bit of reason for the coaching staff to be angry, even if they got to feign anger as Quincy Garrier hits another three to put you up by 21. Illinois today, 7 of 22 from three. Some of them have been forced and lazy defense on Illinois there and Gary A's guy scores on him. 
he acknowledges with a little tap on his shoulder, my bad. But Underwood is taking a seat on the bench. Has not really been much of a yeller this year. It's Quincy Guerrier in the corner, and he stepped out. You see, and, hmm, it takes certain plays to actually get under my skin. A 23-year-old not knowing where his foot is, that bothers me. <laughs> that bothers me and can be very, very frustrating. Below me here, I have the Bears and Browns game on. It's a barn burner, 7-all with a minute to go in the first half. First one to 20 wins. Colgate ball with eight minutes to go. Got a media timeout coming up here in just a bit. And shot clock winding down for Colgate, down to five. Big man on Quincy. Man, this guy looks like Kretwiger from Loyola, and he makes it. Just a scruffy-looking white feller. Not that I say that. I hope that doesn't sound racial. A white guy. But they have a lot of them at Colgate. All right, here we go. 7.40 to go. Coleman with the ball. Up by the top of the key. He's trying to take it in himself. Aggressive offensively, but kicks it back out to Terrence. And he went over and back. Boy, oh boy. Um, listen, a win is a win. And however much how good it feels doesn't really matter for a December game. But boy, uh, I will be anxious to see Underwood talking about this afterwards because that sort of lethargic play has started to sneak back in. Yeah, Billy, I'm not the only one that thought the guy looked like Crutwig. Just, yeah, just PTSD. Shades of 2022-21. All right, so we've talked about this game. We've talked about Missouri coming up. The Big Ten, as we look at it as a whole, yesterday Indiana with a valiant effort, but too bad, so sad, they lose to Kansas at home. I don't think Trey Galloway is going to be going for 28 points in most games for them. So I just don't think Indiana's probably better than, let's say, fifth or sixth in the conference. A couple good bigs, but they were not able to contain Hunter Dickinson. And while that is a tough place to play, and I'm not really looking forward to that, I, I don't see them as maybe going more than 11-9 and nine in conference, something like that. Maryland still hasn't figured their thing out. Ohio State, I think, is one of those maybe 11, maybe 12-win teams. Northwestern, despite a strong start, when you lose to Chicago State, how good can you be? I know they beat Purdue. I know. And and maybe they're, they're clearly somewhere in between beating Purdue and losing to Chicago State, which is to say they're mediocre. But I would place them more in the Nebraska camp of a team that's like a 9 and 11. Not bad for those programs, but not really someone that worries you. So the only basket I'm kind of looking in here is Illinois, Wisconsin. And yeah, I'm still going to throw Michigan State in there despite a rough start. And not just because of what they did against Baylor. But that didn't hurt. It did remind you that they do have some firepower. And I thought that, you know, looking at the box score, sure, Tyson Walker got his, but overall there was a lot of balance in what they did against Baylor. So they are what they are. They're Michigan State. They'll probably get 11, 12 wins in the Big Ten just by virtue of being Michigan State. Though, God, are they 0-1 or 0-2? Because they did lose at Nebraska. They're 0-2 because they lost to Wisconsin. So that's obviously not the best of starts. But it makes me think that if there's one team that is most equipped to, let's say, go 14-8, and eight, right? Because I think Purdue's probably like a 16-4. and four. To go a 14-8 a and eight seems like a reasonable expectation for, or 14-6 and six seems reasonable for this Illinois team in this Big Ten. Now, 
people could rightly caution me and say, Carp, you harped all football season about how the weak Big Ten was going to be the reason why this team would win games. And I often said, there's no excuse for this football team to win less than blank because of who they were playing. I stand by that. That's on Brett Bielema. But when I look at this basketball team, it's a different pedigree. You know, the football team and what they had coming back versus what the basketball team is within within the context of the Big Ten makes me think that that's actually pretty reasonable. And if you ask most Big Ten analysts who's going to win the second most games in the Big Ten this year, I think Illinois would be that answer. Now, as far as this game is concerned, Illinois was up by as many as 21, and now it's 15. And they're still having to play their starters, except for Luke Goody instead of Damask, and try to, I mean, I say close this game out, but string together some good possessions. How about we start with that? Hook shot misses badly from Coleman, and it's going to go the other way. And just a really bad second. I'll be honest. It's been a bad second half. We've been in the 50s here for a long time. And Colgate, meanwhile, has made five of their last five. So we're seeing that that kind of basketball that had this been in the first half, it would be much tighter than it is right now. All right, 6.30 to go. Gary A on one of these few bigs for Colgate. Five on the shot clock. There's going to be a three here from Colgate. It's up and it's good. It's a 12-point game. How are we doing this? Ugh. If I don't I, if I don't see Terrence just get the ball and take it himself, I might get a little frustrated. 20 seconds on the shot clock. Here's Gary A over to Coleman Hawkins, up to Terrence, and it will be Terrence who tries to find Coleman and instead throws it out of bounds. Brad Underwood is just sitting with his arms crossed, ticked off. Goody, quiet game for him. He's had one three, I believe he sits. And Dane comes out as well. Dane, Dane and Damas come in. Goody and Hawkins go out with six minutes to go. Now, if this gets to a single-digit game, it gets interesting here. And borderline troubling? <laughs> you know, the spread was 17.5 for a reason. I did not buy into the Colgate's a really good opponent as much as others, but it is now a 10-point game. 58-48. to 48. And Brad Underwood is up off his seat, calls a play. He's not yelling. Ty Rogers running the point. And he's going to try to back in himself off the glass and a nice finish from Ty. Impressive. All right, so we're back the other way. It's a 12-point lead for Illinois. At this point, finish strong, you know, and get a little bit of that good mojo back, but a nice seal and a dunk from Colgate. So, you know, it's, it's one thing that the offense has been struggling. It's that the defense has been bad now for five minutes bad and this is not as we sit here with five minutes ago not going to be the feel-good game that you thought it might have been 20 real-time minutes ago now Dane's on the baseline he's going to try to make something happen here a lot of dribbling kicks it out to Terrence back into Dane Dane with the hook is no good and it's going to go the other way that was an air ball an air ball on a little hook shot all right, good thing I got the Bears on here. That's a little more compelling right now. All right, 4.30 to go. Colgate with the ball. They're going to try to make it a single-digit game and a block, and that might be the fifth block from Terrence today. But I don't understand why it's just not Terrence taking it from now on. Spread, spread four corners and let Terrence just go. Oh, Justin Fields going to go for a Hail Mary here. 
If we got anything, it looks like it is an interception. But we're tied up at halftime in Cleveland. Okay. Illinois still on defense with 423 to go. And God darn it, we're doing play-by-play for this game. Can you believe it? Colgate. Going to make it a one possession. No, they miss a layup and it's going the other way. There was an open lane there. So again, too easy of a look for Colgate. But they just miss it badly off the backboard. So it's 60-50 to tie over to Damask. It looks like they're calling a play for Damask, but they're kind of closing in on him. And a nice up and in for Damask at, at a time when he needed one badly to go in. He gets it. 62 to 50. A little booty ball right there. And now Colgate with the ball again. Ty, great defensively, almost gets the steal. Oh, Terrence almost gets the steal. But now we're going to have a pretty good look open for Colgate. No, Illinois rebounds well defensively there. And But that's up and in for Colgate and one. Ty with just a dumb foul. Just slaps the back of his hand. So it's probably going to be, after the timeout and a free throw, a single-digit game. Now, is it chicken little sky is falling? No. Is it aggravating? Yes, it is. And boy, when I started praising this offense, it sure seemed to take a turn for the worse. But, you know, offense as bad as they've been, now they just can't stop Colgate. And Colgate's not bad, but Missouri's still better. You know, I mean, this is essentially the warm-up game for a game that we all really want to win. And priority number one is get the win. Priority number two is stay healthy. And those are still on the table for today. But for the sort of tertiary goals that you would have, like feel good afterwards, that's not going to happen. What I want to do is take an opportunity real quick, remind you that our sponsors are DPDO. I'm on at DPDO.com. For all the best deals and prices, DPDO.com. State Farm Agent Brian Hansen, online at BrianIsMyGuy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well at BrianIsMyGuy.com. Also, Dogtown Heating, Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call at 217-841-4728. And our furnace, Pern Like a Kitten. Why? Because the folks at Dogtown came in, they inspected it, and uh, it is just tip-top. We got an old HVAC system, too, and they did a few things with it to really get it working at its optimal level. So they are our HVAC people. They can be yours as well at Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Finally, Owen Builders. I'm on at owenbuildersllc.com for home additions, patios, and decks. Check out a gallery of their work online at owenbuildersllc.com, and you can get a free quote as well. Champagne Showers Podcast Network as well. We got one more segment coming up here, and... Just win, you know, that's really all it is. Just win the game. Maybe there's value in kind of, you played your way into this, but having to play your way out of it, right? Having to play your way out of this pickle that you've caused. And hey, I'm trying to find the silver linings. It's Christmas season. That's what it's all about. Can't tell if we got a frozen screen here or not. Nope, we're back. Thank goodness. So Illinois started the game on a 14-0 run, but in the second half, Colgate has made 11 of their last 14 shots. And these are not that well contested. So if you want to find a gripe other than the offense and the messiness there, it's been bad defense. And boy, uh, yeah, it should be. I would hope it's a productive week in practice. What I hope this does not turn into is the late December swoon, which also would mean a bragging rights loss. 
it, here's the thing. We're going to let this game play out, but just to, you know, losing the Bragging Rights game, I already said it'd be disappointing. Of course it would be. But after what has been overall a, a very good non-conference, where you're feeling better, now it's a nine-point game, where you're feeling better than you probably thought you'd be on December 17th, that would erase a decent chunk of goodwill, I think. And fairly Dickinson and Northwestern at home, that's not going to bring it back, right? It would take a really good effort at Purdue or something, but man, do you, <laughs> I'm not banking on anything good happening at Mackey Arena and we could lose by a lot there, and I wouldn't necessarily be all that down on this team. Damask hits a big three. Okay. That is huge to see him hit a couple here. Illinois back up 12 with 310 to go. Now, can we get some stops defensively and not foul? We got the starting lineup back in there to finish this game, and we get a, you know, knocked away from Coleman, but Colgate recovers, and the shot is up, and it's good. Man, they are not missing. So the Patriot League champions are making their run. I can already hear in the press conference that Brad Underwood will say, we knew what we were going to get from Colgate, and they brought it in the second half. And yes, that can all be true, and you can give credit to your opponent, but I need to see better. I got to see better. And th those plays, you know, they can be frustrating because, yes, Coleman got his hand on it, but it's like someone else just grabbed the damn ball. So here's Damask. It looks like he's going to try to booty balls way down in for this one, too. He's in the lane. He is not going to get the foul called. Quincy's not either. Quincy does on that second attempt. So he will go to the line with Illinois up 10, and he will get two shots because it was a shooting foul. Tommy DeVito, I need to check and see, and I don't know if anyone's in the chat window and can tell me how Tommy's doing today or not. Got some money on the Giants and the Bears. Whoops. That could happen. And on the Bucks, just straight up. No money line, just going straight up. Garrier misses the first. Dag, dag, come on. Now, I'll let him shoot his second here before I say what I'm about to say. Because I don't want to jinx, I don't believe in jinxes, but clearly praising the offense didn't help matters. He makes a second. Free throw shooting's been pretty good the last few games. Actually, by pretty good, I mean really good. Today is more of a kind of customary 70%, right? But you can live with that, and you're making far more than you're missing and getting to the line, a decent clip. I would imagine Illinois will get some more free throws before this thing's over. 11-point lead. Coleman on one of these scruffy, Kretwig-looking guys for Colgate, who misses it. Great D from Coleman. Contested it, and no foul either. So Illinois ball under two with an 11-point lead. Get a, get a bucket, and then you probably can wrap this thing up. So this is going to be Damask. And it seems like they're calling plays to try to get Damask back into his element offensively. Lazy pass from Coleman, but fortunately, Damask got it. This is going to be up and in, and nice little ball movement there from Ty, especially finding Coleman on the break. I think Again, Ty, as far as point guard duties today, has looked, I think, the best he has all year. All right, here's Colgate. I keep wanting to say Loyola because they're red, and they're pesky. And they make that, no foul, and a timeout for Colgate. 11-point Illinois lead with 124 to go. All right, so here's the schedule for the I mean, I started this podcast thinking, well, I'll do second half reaction and then do one later this week. But with the game on Friday and everyone doing Christmas stuff here, there are a bunch of holiday parties and all that. Listen, our minds are in Christmas mode. So what we're going to do is this podcast. We will do a live podcast on Friday as well. And I'm sure you will be imbibing. Maybe if you're a cigar smoker, you can find a heated area to have a cigar as we have a cigar watching Illinois, Missouri. And you see, the good thing about that is you get in a good frame of mind where even if they don't win, you're still having a good time. You're having a drink and you're having a cigar. Can't be any, can't be bad, could it? 
And then before you know it, it's Christmas time. So after that Missouri game, probably we'll take that week off until the Fairleigh Dickinson game. And then it's New Year's. So the holiday season, we got probably three more before the year is up. And if you were to tell me right now that this Illinois team can go into 2024 10-2, that's really good. That's really good. And it'd be two losses to a Marquette and Tennessee team that right now, if the tournament was today, would probably be two seeds in the NCAA tournament. And you showed in those games that you can hang. Now, the question is, can you improve to the degree that those teams will improve? And that's a, if things unfold the way that they should, I think, with this team, getting a four or five seed, you wouldn't have to answer that question until the second weekend. That's the big goal, I think, for this team. Where'd my coffee go? I had one down here, and I really want to sip, but I can't find the damn thing. Hmm. guess it's just water. All right. When we get back, there's about a minute 20 to go, and I'm trying to think if there's any other things that I've seen today that we can extrapolate into. I mean, Coleman offensively getting back into the groove, I think, is one thing to watch. I think Ty Rogers, again, is the facilitator. Finding guys for easy buckets. And and it's going to work this way for Ty. He's not going to be able to be in the top of the perimeter and really facilitate all that well up there, right? But what he can do that other point guards may not be able to do as well is get to these unique spots, baseline, around the hoop, draw maybe a double over because he's in a position to maybe get a layup, and then find someone for a quick and easy layup or dunk. That, I think, is going to be his bread and butter in terms of facilitating. Now, look at this. Pretty balanced as far as leading scores. Quincy with 15, Terrence with 14, Coleman 14, Marcus Damask 11. It's as if Terrence has delegated this entire second half. I believe he had 12 in the first half, if not all 14. So offensively, very quiet. A little bit of full-court press here from Colgate, but... Nothing crazy. Damas just needs one guy to beat, and he gets over the timeline. No, he does. So Terrence with the ball, back up to Damask. There are 15 seconds in the shot clock with 110 to go. Damask trying to take his guy. He does up and in. Good to see Damask with eight or seven late points here. That is encouraging going into the Missouri game. A long three from Colgate is up. It's no good. Rebound for Quincy. And great job and awareness from Ty Rogers getting rid of that ball quick to Damask, who will go to the line and shoot one and one with 48.3 to go. So the game got within nine. We're now 48 seconds away. Illinois cleaned things up offensively, and they strung together some good defensive possessions. And they have an opportunity to stretch this lead back towards the spread. There are many people in Vegas right now that are anxiously watching. Can Illinois somehow extend a 13-point lead to 18 before this thing's over? Going to have to make some free throws. Damask makes the first. 14-point Illinois lead. Okay. So what's the story going to be for this game? I, I, I think closing it strong will make us look at that run by Colgate as, okay, you got the bad stuff out of your system. I think a, a strong focused finish will make you feel even better about the Missouri game. Now, what carryover effect is there? I don't know. I don't know. But I think this team finding different ways to win games or close out games as much as you can in the early going is valuable. And another miss from Colgate. 
They will foul Damask, will they? Or are they just going to trap here? Damask throws it over to Coleman, almost got stolen. And it looks like Colgate will foul Coleman with 28.4 to go. Hey, one more side thing here. Quick basketball game. Started at noon. It's 150. I'm going to be able to watch the entire Bears second half. That's how quick this game was. That's beautiful. And in the NFL, that Bears game will be over by three. So, well done, officials. Even with that really kind of rough second half with a lot of dead balls and turnovers and fouls, Coleman makes the first free throw. It is now up to a 15-point lead. Is that right? So, Friday night, Missouri, FS1, 8 o'clock. Going to be a drunk, raucous environment down there. 17-point Illinois lead. I'm guessing that will probably stick. There will be a lot of frustrated people in Vegas because I don't know if Colgate's going to foul again or any of that. And they will try to score themselves, but it's out of bounds, and they'll probably call off the dogs, and many people will angrily throw their tickets away, but not in the state of Illinois, at least not online betting. I would have actually put money on Colgate plus 17.5. Seemed like a lot. Are they going to foul? Are they going to foul? They are not. Ugh. Vegas knows. Vegas knows. 74 to 57, Illinois will get the 17 point win against Colgate and set themselves up for bragging rights. Really strong first 25 minutes, a really rough 10 minute stretch in there. But importantly, and perhaps most importantly, a good closing stretch to get it back to a 17 point win and one in which the game was never truly in doubt. 14 nothing run to start the game, for God's sakes. Illinois with their 23rd straight unranked non-conference win. That's the third longest streak in the Big Ten. Just pop that on the screen here. And there we go. So, everybody, have a great rest of your week leading up to the holiday season. And we're going to be back on Friday night. A Garage podcast. You'll see the 200-level garage in all of its glory. I'm sure the cigar smoke will be really good for the YouTube feed. It's going to add some nice ambiance, ice clinking in the drinks. It's a Friday night during holiday season, so make up your favorite drink, whatever that may be, and enjoy it with us as hopefully Illinois gets that Bragging Rights trophy back. I think they will. I think they will. And hey, while we're at it, let's do it with a few style points mixed in there as well. All right, everybody. The women's team is next against Missouri. That's going to be at 3 o'clock. And we will see you all Friday. Have a great rest of your week, and let's get it done in St. Louis. It is the 200 level. 